And now, now, it's the Mike Kelter Show. It's 9.04 of the Mike Kelter Show. It's Friday. You're wondering what to do this weekend. And uh, I can tell you that my man Craig Gass is going to be at Side Splitters. How was uh, how was the, the last night's show? Last night's show was great. See, Craig and I talked about going out to dinner on Wednesday, and uh, these guys would have told you immediately, uh, Craig, that I was probably was not going to go out to dinner. He loves to tell people he's going to do <laughs> stuff and then not do it. But not because I don't want to, because it seems like a great idea now, then roll around like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I have one eye open and kids telling me what I have to do for them. And all we that. call like, him an optimistic liar. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I am. Well, let's inform everybody in this room that it actually was me giving a vague uh invitation to say if you're available yeah, for yeah. meal and you said yeah you know what dude wednesday you're on craig you're on the short list of people that i would enjoy having a meal with like i don't get to see you very often we keep in touch during the year we text each other every once in a while we have a lot in common we've also been uh friends if you will for god it's got to be 15, 15 years 15 yeah years so um you know uh you are a guy that i like it's weird because some guys don't like you do you know that Oh really? Like who? Mm, I wish I, I'm not a I'm not the kind of guy to shy away from naming names, Craig. Okay, but uh, there have been times where I've said, uh, "Oh, Craig Gas," and people were like, oh, "And I go, why you don't like him?" No, no, either. I don't know. And I go, "What is the thing? I keep waiting to not like you, and it's not happened <laughs> in 15 years. Like I keep, you're such a mystery to me it- that I keep waiting to find out that you are. But then again. Even if you don't lie, there's nothing to lie about. Like, mm-hmm. all right, the one thing that I think Craig lies about is what? Craig does <laughs> incredible impressions. Which oh my god, I love it. You're saying this. We talk to each other. I love you saying this. We talk to each other like human beings, and not like, uh, hey, so Craig S is here. Tell me yeah, what you. Yeah. We talk to each other like human beings so much that on our last show, I don't think you did one impression. And there are people that do like you know how people do a Christopher Walken. Jay Moore came out as the Christopher Walken yeah. guy, but a lot of people can do Christopher Walken. Yeah. Especially if you listen to it. A perfect example is Lauren Michaels. People who've never met Lauren Michaels can do an impression of Lauren Michaels because so many other people mm-hmm. have done it. Just what it's become. You, though, there are, there are two that you do to me, and there are more that are great, but there are two that you do that are way ahead of everybody else's. Your Al Pacino would fool Al Pacino. If you called Al Pacino and said, I'm calling you from 2025, he would believe it. That's how good it is. And your Tracy Morgan makes me like having had Tracy Morgan sitting across from me and talking to him, you make me nervous like I was that day when he was here. Like I never know what's gonna happen. Like I'm afraid you're gonna say the F word, even though I know you're not. Mm-hmm. And, and and Craig claims that his ability to <laughs> mimic these celebrities is because he is a child of two deaf parents and all that he did to learn was from TV and I do not believe him. I think you're a goddamn liar. Well, first of all, to back up to whenever I felt hatred from anyone who I don't know. Yeah. It's usually associated with, why is that guy? 100%. Why yeah. is that guy doing cool stuff? Why is that guy on Howard Stern Show? Why is that guy on the Howard Stern Show? Why uh, was he living at Eddie Van Halen's house? Why was he on TV? Why? Uh, well, now we're getting deep. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, what we're saying it's a jealousy thing. It's, is it not, not like a jealousy where, why can't I be him? It's just like people are like, man, I've been... 
uh, how is he getting all this success? Because you you don't do anything traditional. You yeah. like you playing side splitters is the first time that I since I know you that you've played a club in Tampa Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah. You other times you call me up and you're like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm a- playing. Uh, uh, Billy's Coconut Hole in, in uh, Largo, and I'm like, I never even heard of that place. Yeah, and I would come in because I would book it a week ahead of time, yeah. and I'm like, I'm coming in to see uh, Metallica. Yeah. So I just booked a, I booked a show at some one-nighter. Uh, Which is town. smart because it'll usually pay for some of your trip, and you could do it. Yeah. But also you like to perform. But they, they are never, ever clubs that I've uh, heard of or we do business with. Like maybe it'll be Snappers would be the closest thing. So for you to come here and do side splitters is odd. And, and I think other comedians and other people are like, they don't quite get what you do, but yet you've had success. And so then, I don't think it's a hatred thing. It's just a weird. But there's of- but there's things that I've experienced that way more successful comedians don't get to experience. Like, again, like living at Eddie Van Halen's house, being on the field of the Super Bowl with my favorite team and my favorite team bringing me into the locker room yeah. to hold the Lombardi trophy. Yeah. It's like. How yeah, he's been like on five TV shows total, <laughs> yeah. and they're all like episodic, you know. So, uh, so I always get a lot of. There's always a lot of. There's no way that guy really was on the field at the Super Bowl. Then right. they see the video. There's no way he really lived at Eddie Van Halen's house. But then they they hear the people who were at uh, in Van Halen's world. But I've never had somebody go. There's no way your family's dead. That, that, that is, I, that is no. I want to get a phone call from somebody in your house that goes, <laughs> "I'm quite dead." That's the only way I'm going to believe that your family is deaf. I think you made up that story, and I think you should stick with it. Don't even tell. It, well, come on. That's not true, right? Whole family: my mom, my dad, and my sister are all completely deaf. In fact. My your sister too. Uh, my sister too. Yeah. How lucky are you that you didn't get the deaf gene? Dad was born completely deaf, and then um, uh, when he was a kid, he he got into an accident, and popped out his eardrums, so he had to go to deaf schools for the rest of his life. So he was deaf, and he lost his eardrums. No, or no, no, no. He was born with his hearing, and then oh, he lost oh, it. Oh, okay, okay. And then uh, and then so they had my sister first. My sister's born with my mom's genes, completely deaf, and then I'm born. With my dad, did your genes. dad meet your mom in some sort of deaf school or something? Yes. Okay, so that makes a little more sense. Lexington, Lexington School <laughs> for the mom. Deaf in New York, and um, you know uh, sign language? Yeah, terribly, but I oh, know sign okay. language. Right. What I, I like, I sign uh, everything. I'll I'll spell everything out, and um, uh, my words are terrible. Like, but I'll I'll spell. Like I, whenever I see deaf people in distress, I'll always try to help them out. But I'm, I usually have to have everything spelled out for me. Right. And as a kid, I would do these signs that were wrong, and my mom knew what I meant. And so as I got older, whenever her friends would come over, they would we'd all be in conversation. They look at me and they go, "Why is he?" I know. <laughs> my mom would go, I know, but it's so cute. My little stupid kid, you know, my little moron. And yeah. So I, I had a good friend named Charlie who had a deaf older sister mm-hmm. and she was gorgeous. And uh, the first time I ever went there and she was fighting with her mother, which is weird because one person's yelling and the other person's silent. Quiet. And then she turned around and she looked at her and she was hmm. BS. BS. She did the, the BS <laughs> sign is a little bull like rock horns crapping at the other end <laughs> and i started laughing i go is she saying bs and he's yeah i go that's great so now i taught it to my daughter and every once in a while when i'm arguing with my wife my daughter will walk behind my wife and go like this to me yeah so the, the, it would trip out friends of mine like i remember my buddy jeff that i grew up with 
my mom is driving us to the midnight movies. Right. She's actually dropping us off in the parking lot, and we're going to walk to a yeah, party. Yeah, yeah. And my buddy Jeff's in the back seat, and I turn around and I go, "Are you chipping in for weed tonight? Because like <laughs> yeah. last week you said you weren't going to smoke any, so you didn't chip in, and you ended up smoking half of what we had." And he goes, "Dude." that's a good advantage yeah now how how did you since your uh sign language isn't great how did you communicate with them did you oh, i like did sign to them but they just they always just... knew but my sister like my sister hit me up recently and she said hey you should look at these videos it's sign language blah blah and i go why should i look at it and she goes so you could brush up on your sign language and i go i'm not brushing up on my <laughs> like, I'm you're talking. the only one i talked to I go, you're the only one i talked to i don't need to like learn this for anybody else yeah, like yeah. i'm not i'm not gonna but yeah it was but it was it was unusual people always felt weird when they came over you know, people, even just talking about it, people get sensitive. I talk about it on stage now, growing up in a deaf family. And um, um, if you did lie about it, it's the greatest lie ever. <laughs> like, you, like, my mind, you lied about it and you've stayed so solid with the story. That's hard to do, man. Did he learn a little bit of sign language just to go along yeah, with it? Yeah, oh, yeah. or uh, we don't know. So you'd be like, yeah, I know sign language. language. I, you know, what's funny is my dad actually moved here. He moved to the Tampa area near... Um, uh, was Palm Harbor? Is yeah, yeah, not that far at all. And he passed away two years ago. And uh, my mom and dad got divorced when I was four or five years old. My mom used me as her interpreter for the divorce. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I didn't go to court with her. Tell but... him he did not. She did not. <laughs> yeah. This. yeah. <laughs> well, she would make me have me make phone calls to the lawyer. Now deaf people have a relay service they right. can reach out to to reach out to the outside world and vice versa. But before that. She had me. She had someone in the house who could hear, and she would have me call the lawyers. I was f- four or five years old getting a huge vocabulary lesson. Plus, my mom is standing on top of me going, tell him your father's a son of a bitch. And I was like, you got mom. I'll tell her. Screw dad. Do you that know people used to give me uh, inside information through the relay service? I would be at my, my cell phone. I remember I was in my old house. I answered like, hello. You know, this is a relay service. I'm like, what? And they're like, somebody who most likely is deaf is trying to send you messages. And I go, okay, who is this? And then they would be like, that thing you talked about this morning, it's not this guy, it's that guy, here's his phone number. And I go, who is this? And they go, we don't know, we have no, we can't. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. I go, can I use this to call? And they're like, yeah. So once you figure out how to manipulate it and use it, you can do that. But, yeah, that was that was very interesting when I got those calls. I thought the FBI was calling me. I got very nervous. Yeah, I would always get, like, uh, there would always be, like, some kind of, con- like, people would half understand what was going on in my life. I remember Tracy Morgan saying to me, your family's, like, retarded, right? I was like, they're not retarded. They're dead. Okay. So they wear like football helmets and stuff, and I'm like, no, what are you talking? They're deaf. They just can't hear. That's all. They're just deaf. They're just deaf. Let me ask you. I love uh, Frank Caliendo. I'm, yeah. I don't, I, he's another guy where I don't even need him to do jokes. We sit here and talk, and we laugh, and then mm-hmm. he does the voices sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he says, like I heard in Mad TV, they would give you a cassette that just had that person speaking over, and you'd listen to it all weekend. And then you'd work on your impression of him because people that couldn't really do impressions would just have to come kind of close for the show. So he works on his impressions with you. I feel like one day you just did Tracy Morgan. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Dude, there's a voice that I did on your show that I just started doing. I started on your show and then I pranked somebody on your show. And then I just started doing the voice all the time. And it was a guy who 
couldn't have been nicer to me, and he hates me now because <laughs> I do the impression of him. Who is that? Tom Arnold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't have been nicer to me. I don't know if I ever told you the story. The way I met him was on the phone. Never recorded it. I, I prank called Tom Arnold. He, uh, uh, another, I was doing open mic. It was mid-90s. And one of the open micers was like, you guys know that Hilton that I work at in downtown? All those stars for Planet Hollywood that are coming in, they're all staying at my hotel. And I was like, who are the stars that are there? And he goes, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Tom Arnold. And I go, Tom Arnold's uh-huh. at your hotel? Uh-huh. And he goes, yeah. Tom Arnold had just killed him. I love that he said Schwarzenegger and Stallone. You <laughs> yeah. Tom and I, Arnold, you're it was, like, ooh, Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold had just killed it in uh, nine months in True, True Lies. Lies yeah. Hilarious. And I and, uh, when and I got, he is very funny. I love Tom Arnold. Really yeah. funny and honest. Yeah. Like, like, bru- like he just, he's loose lip. Like, I've hung out with him and, and uh, he didn't drink, but we hung out and partied and he's a fun guy. I When I got back to my uh, to my home, I going through the phone book and I, I looked up the Seattle Hilton and I called and I said, Seattle Hilton, how can I help you? And I said, hi, uh, Tom Arnold, please. And they said, okay, just one moment. And they put me right through. through yeah. Tom picks up the phone and he goes, hello. And I said, Tom, it's Sam Kinison. <laughs> Sam Kinison had been dead for five years at that point. And Tom Arnold goes, hey, buddy, how you been? What's going on, buddy? And he just started talking to me. And I go, I go, Tom, I need you to help me out. I, I need, I'm in the afterlife, and I need you to help me out in hell. And he goes, whatever you need, buddy. I'm here to help you out. What do you need? And I said, well, I need some cocaine. I need some cocaine. And this is kind of a tricky story. Uh, first of all, I want you to front me the cash because I don't have any money. And then uh, this, and this is where it gets weird. I need you to get on a plane, fly back to Los Angeles. I want you to take the cocaine. I want you to drive to Jerry Lewis's house, and then I want you to take the cocaine and put it in the small pocket of his pants. And I'll have it when he gets here in three weeks. Oh! 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 <laughs> and then I stopped and I said, "Tom, I'm sorry. My name's Craig Gass. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm I'm a huge fan here." And he goes, "Man, that uh, that impression is so good that uh, I need to call my sponsor right now. That, 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 that's how good that impression is." So, so you're you're uh, are you a stand-up comedian? Do you uh, what? Are you from here? And I said, "Yeah." I go, uh, do, "Do you want to go to open mic tonight?" You said it. You invited go, to an open, open mic. mics at eight o'clock. It's only six. And he goes, "I can't make it to the open mic, but." but Hey, but uh, do you have like a tape or something I could watch? And I, he had me drop off a tape at the hotel. A week later, he calls me up and he goes, hey, man, I, I think you're very talented. And uh, I'm going to give you my phone number. OK, I'll give you my email address. And if you ever need anything, I'm here for you. And then I started telling that story. Yeah. And then by the time I got to meet you, I started like it just became like an impression. So yeah. I started doing the impression on your show, and we scared Steve-O oh, on man, your that show. Was, to me, was, I, so Steve-O and I have a pretty good relationship. <laughs> and like Steve, I said to Steve-O, when he was on the show for the first time, I looked at him and I said, there are rumors you're going to make another Jackass movie. And he's like, yeah, dude, we're talking about it. And I go, at what point, I, so I love him. I, I never laughed harder than I did the first one. I said, at what point? Do you are you worried that you're just gonna be a bunch of old guys doing dumb stunts and it's gonna look bad or whatever? He took that and for the next year went on every television show. Dude, I, Craig, I swear to God, he was on Larry King and Larry King's like, Jackass, will there be another one? And he goes, Ah, you know, my man Mike Calter from Tampa, he brought up a good point. He said we don't want to look like stupid old guys doing it. And I was like, Wow, that he really took that to heart. Then Rogan, 
Then uh, all these shows that were on. I mean, he went on uh, Dr. Drew and, and Adam Carolla. Love, and every show he was like, I don't know. Mike Calta told me we. And I was like, no, I didn't say it. I was getting emails from my friends in New York. Why are you stopping Jackass? You're ruining the Jackass franchise. Everybody's blaming me. <laughs> wow. And uh, so Steve-O and I have this good relationship from then. I think I was the only one who was really honest with him. And also, I did an interview with him without asking him to staple his nuts to anything. I wanted to know how he got started. I want to know about his dad and all this stuff. Because he was right in Sarasota at clown school. You know what I mean? It was a big... I, I needed to know the origin of these things. And I have a natural curiosity. That's why Same. I think I do a good job at this. But anyway, so Steve-O and I, uh, over the years, we stay in touch. We get matching tattoos together. We've, we've become friends. Yeah. I, I said to him, I was on a thing, roll with tattoos. I'm like, we should get matching tattoos. And I thought, this might be my thing where me and... Uh, celebrities get matching tattoos on the show. I think that would be pretty funny. So Steve O said yes, and then he picks the tattoo. And now we both have grinder tattoos, which, if you don't know, is a gay uh, sex app. And um, and mine is so prominent that every picture I have, you could just see that first. Thank God it also looks like a like a warrior shield. So some people don't know. Remember, I remember Miguel, the gay guy, I used to work with. He walked in, he goes, "You get a grinder tattoo?" And I went, ah, "Shut up." So anyway, that when you came in. Steve-O was in town doing a show with Tom Green and Tom Arnold. And, and this became one of two of the greatest moments I've ever had in radio. And they both happened to be on your show. And they were both <laughs> prank calls. But this was a prank call. This was a prank call. We called Steve-O in the hotel as Tom Arnold. And Tom Arnold had... Was, oh, no. You were in the studio. Tom I'm in Arnold the studio. in the studio. I'm and sober. You're, coke, you're supposed I'm, to be sober. No, no, no. But I'm, I'm in real life. I'm sober. Right. I know in real life, Steve O's sober. Right. Tom Arnold is supposed to be part of this show they're doing, and Tom Arnold is sober. And I thought it would be funny, or maybe you thought it would be funny, to call him and say I just relapsed. And we, and I thought it would be funny, but you took it over the top. We called Steve O, and you were like, you were not 100 miles an hour cocaine, Tom Arnold. Yep. And Steve O is saying to me, Mike. You, got, you can't do this. You got to stop it. And me loving him and yeah. knowing what I, I have to deny. I go, no, no, this is good radio. This is good radio. And I'm like, I'm ruining our friendship right now. I'm ruining our friendship because he may not think this is funny even when we tell him it's a joke. Yeah. And you went crazy with it. It was from that, uh, that prank call that I started doing the impression of Tom specifically at the Super Bowl. I go to the Super Bowl every year and, and they have the Super Bowl Media Center. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at the Super Bowl Media Center, there's no famous people there yet. Right. Thursday, famous people start showing up. And then Friday's a, insane. <laughs> it's just famous people all over yep. the place. Fish in a barrel. And uh, on the Monday, Tuesday. Which, by the way, we got beat here last time the Super Bowl was here. We, it was COVID. Oh, so And nobody. I insisted that we be somebody down there because we. I'm telling you, we're not going to miss this. It's the greatest celebrity gathering. And it was just two guys sitting there in the, in the empty convention center. <laughs> yeah. But no celebrities came by. They, it was just a bunch of sports nerds and us sitting 400 feet away from each other. It was awful. Even the interviews for Media Day were online. Like yeah. Nobody, nobody got to talk to players in person. But uh, at the Media Center, my radio friends will say, can you join us as somebody famous? Right. So it sounds cool back in Des Moines. Sure. And the only remotely sports guy I can do an impression of is Tom Arnold. <laughs> and I will. Because he was on Best Damn Sports Show. Best yeah. Damn Sports Show. And I'll hit all 
these radio stations as Tom Arnold and just go full-blown Tom Arnold and go, man, it's really exciting uh, being here at the Super Bowl. Uh, a lot of famous people are coming into town. I was at a Cocaine Anonymous meeting last night <laughs> with Brett Favre. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Brett, Brett's a big, I probably shouldn't say that loud, but Brett's, Brett's a big cokehead, and uh, his sponsor, uh, believe it or not, Bob Costas. Bob, Bob's addicted to upskirt porn, and again, I shouldn't say that out loud, but he's always pumping off at work, and, uh, and every year... The internet will attack Tom Arnold. Sure. And go, dude, it's supposed to be anonymous. What's wrong with you? And Tom Arnold will fight every individual (laughs) who comes at him and go, did you notice that uh, 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 Sam Kinison was on the air? That guy's been dead for 30 years, you idiot. That wasn't me. It's a comedian named Craig Ass, and I wish he would stop. It's so great. He's got to love it. Well, the other one that I did on your show, and this really bothered me because, I mean, I love Steve-O. I see Steve-O all the time, but I love Burt Kreischer. The reveal to Steve-O was one of my favorite moments ever. Because he stopped, was in shock, and then cried laughing. Really? That re- oh, God, he was I like... remember that. Yeah. Well, the other one was Bert. I prank called him. And I don't know if I ever told you the follow-up to this. Because it's even... I don't remember the prank call to Bert. What did we do? I was in the studio with you. Bert was calling in. And you said, hey, uh, if you don't mind, when we get back from this, I'm going to have Bert on. He's calling in from the show. And I go, yeah, that's fine. And I said, dude, we should... Uh, I go, let's have, uh, let's have Tracy Morgan... <gasps> And there was a weird thing going on with Bert. And Jay Moore. And Jay Moore. With the over, Tracy Morgan Over a story, story over Tracy Morgan. Bert never wanted to tell the story because he was scared that it would upset Tracy. Right. So as Tracy Morgan in the studio pretending to be Tracy, I told Bert that I was going to kill him. Yes. So, so the story is that Bert has this great <laughs> story about Tracy Morgan telling you how to get out of paying a tab at a club. And he didn't want to tell it on the air because he was a new comic and all that. And then Jay Moore is like, I'll tell it. Can I tell that story? And he said, yeah. And then Jay Moore well, told it. And according to Bert, Jay just took it. And, and Bert didn't give him permission to do the well, story. Well, he let him do it the one night. And okay. then Jay began telling it as if it happened to him. And right. it evolved into that. And that caused huge problems between the two of them. Then problems between me and Jay. And then uh, now Jay and I are very cool, and Bert and Jay don't talk at all. It's still a it's still a bad situation. Wow. Bert, Jay, and Tom don't talk. Jay and everybody. Jay talks to me and his wife, I think. But anyway, he. Uh, so it was a really, at the time we did it, it was really heated. And I told Bert I was going to kill him yeah. as Tracy Morgan, and Bert goes. That's a, that's, a, that's a really funny. Uh, uh, I don't know why I'm, I'm thinking of Tom Arnold. Yeah. Doing Bert, but he goes, he goes, dude, that, that's a really good. Uh, that's a good Tracy Morgan. And I go, I go, it's Tracy. It's tra- I'm going to kill you, Bert. I'm going to kill you. And I tried to think of a mutual friend that we had, and I said, you know how you know Todd? Remember Todd from the club? Was it Todd? Um, oh, what was his last name? Uh, it was a black comic. I said, you know why you don't see him anymore? Because I killed him, yeah. <laughs> I killed him. Todd Lynn was his name. I said, and I, I was just thinking of a mutual friend. And we would never, it's not somebody famous. Bert, yeah. Bert and I would always hang out at Boston Comedy Club, and Todd Lynn was always there. And I said, I killed him. That's why you don't see him anymore. And then Bert slowed down and just started apologizing. Yeah. Right yeah. And he was like, and he kept insisting, that's a good impression, that's a good impression. And then you were like, no, it's not an impression, Bert. It really is, it is Tracy. <laughs> And then he finally stopped and said, all right, listen, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I, I didn't mean to. And he started apologizing to me yeah. on the air. And then I find out a few days later, 
Todd Lynn is dead. Oh. <laughs> Todd Lynn has been <laughs> dead for a year. That's I funny. had no idea That's Todd Lynn so was funny. dead. Yeah. Oh, it was. By funny. the way, I talked to him yesterday, and I, I go. Todd Lynn? No. <laughs> <laughs> to Bert. To Bert. And uh, he goes, hey, man. And I go, hey, buddy. And he goes, what's up? And I go, are you everything good? He goes, yeah, it's great. I go, are you, I go are you, he goes, this, this tour. I go, are you getting burned out? He goes, no, 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 no. He goes. We just all did mushrooms last night, and I thought, <laughs> you are living the yeah. goddamn life, man. You are living the life. They're jumping off the space needle. They're doing uh, mushrooms every night, and he's with his wife and kids. Yeah. And, like Everybody's having a great time. Good for him. I'm so happy for him. It's amazing. And he's not burned out. He said he's still enjoying it, and everything's going great. So. Well, I got to tell you, uh, I, I texted you after I was on with you on Monday. And yeah. I said, uh, I go, dude, I never even got to this. I never even got to this. No. There's so many stories I wanted to get to, and then I'm pulling up in your driveway, and you go, when we come back. We're going to talk about cheating. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to talk about cheating. Cheating. Yeah. And I was like, because did you know up until a few years ago what the number one way men were getting caught cheating in Los Angeles? It's so obvious, but you 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 can't even think I of it. Feel I feel like think we talked I, about yeah, this. I think we talked about it. Is it to do with this? The watches? Yeah. No. Oh, I thought it was the uh, Apple, Apple Watch yeah. because, yeah, we had talked about that. I remember that. that. Like, That's what I recall. Yeah, no, I don't know. Spiking it like 2 in the morning where they have the cardio Ooh. way up. Oh. And the wife's like, oh, oh, my God. What were you doing at 2 in the morning? <laughs> wow. I was doing yeah. cocaine. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. No, this is, this is such bulletproof evidence that As you're cheating. As a married man for 20 years and a non-cheater, Craig, I cannot answer that question. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> The number one way. What are you laughing at? That the, the, the number one way that. By the way, this this show this morning has been all over the map. I get in the car and you're like, "How are these famous people having sex with ugly women?" And then we come back from commercial. We got to help these teachers out. Got to help again. I'm like, who is this show? Like, what is what is the personality of this show? It Craig, makes no sense. We get we have six stations in the building. Yeah, and. The new, the relatively new station. It's been like ten years now. Hot one hundred one five is top forty station. They bring every morning show they have. At one point, comes to me in my office and goes, "Hey, do you have a minute?" And I go, "Sure." And they're like, "I wonder if I could pick your brain. Maybe we go to lunch one day." Maybe you can give me some advice. I go, look at me. Look at my eyes. I go, I have no idea how this happened. I don't know how to maintain it. I don't know what it's the back. I go, I have no idea what to get. I don't know anything. I don't know how I got here. I don't know how it's it's going so well. Just do your thing. One day talk about this. One day talk about this. I, I have no idea. Just I, whatever I, you feel. I am filled with things that I want to talk about. Like if people always say, that must be very hard. It's not for us. Especially with these guys. We could sit in here and just talk about something interesting. Like yesterday I talked about this thing I found on the internet. All this stuff on Instagram. and I, Instagram is my main social media area. And all the things I watch, girls and porn always come up in my thing. And it's good. I like to see girls and all that. But I got somehow in the algorithm where this guy who is a cobbler and makes shoes got in my thing. And, I mean, this guy was taking a pair of shoes that had a hole in it, stripping it down, cutting the leather, putting the layers on, shining it on, and then hand-tapping the nails. And I go, after an hour, I'm like, I've watched this guy make, like, 90 pairs of shoes. So I tried to turn these guys onto it yesterday, and we're talking about it. I got an email off the show. Guy lives in Lakeland, half hour away. And he's right here, and he's a gold champion medal-winning cobbler. I, I, 
the all I can do is talk about things that I am interested in. That's it. And whether or not people agree with it or like it, I have no idea. It seems I, to be working. I just got that guy off my algorithm, the Asian guy who just uh, uh, places drinks on his crotch. I finally got him off my algorithm. Just In like, the beginning, he was good. Though. I'm not looking. Yeah. I'm not looking. In the beginning, he was very funny. The number one way that men... We're getting caught cheating in Los Angeles for almost uh, 10 to 15 years straight until they stopped doing this program was red light cameras. Oh, yeah. They do it here. They take the picture picture, and they send it to your home. Yeah. And you're at work. The mail comes in. Your wife opens up this ticket and there's a picture of you and... Who's oh, this somebody chick? in the car. Yeah. There's yeah. someone in the car with you. That was the number one way that men were getting caught cheating cool. in Los Angeles. Wow. You, you're going to get caught if, if you're if you especially like that. I don't I don't I don't care. I don't open any mail. I don't even know what comes here. I, my wife could open the mail. I don't care about that. Um, yesterday I was talking about. I asked you for some reason if you went through your wife's phone. And found out that she was talking bad about you to mm. one of her friends. Would mm. you be mad about that or whatever? Does that happen to you? Yeah, and no. And my <laughs> my wife's friend that rats me out all the time, the hall called up and she goes, "I think Mike's going through your phone." I was like, oh. "God damn it!" Oh. Wow. She, I mean, she's, she's cool. I know. I don't really. Mm. I, you know, they're just friends. And she's, I think, mm-hmm. are you listening? I think he's going through your phone. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not. I don't care what you have on your phone. I don't want her to go through my phone. And then my kids have. This thing called Life 360. Do you know what that is? No. That's I've heard app. of Life 360. Okay, so that's an app that my wife has on her phone and that my kids have on their phone. And whenever they come or go or wherever they are, she can pick up the phone anytime and by their phone tell where they are. So, um, and then when my son comes home, as he pulls in, it hits up Joey's home. Joey left. Joey went here. So in the middle of the night, if he decides to sneak out and drive away, it'll hit us up and say Joey left, which thank God has never happened. So my whole point is is that uh, I can get that on my phone to where I can track my kids, but then they can all track me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing <laughs> I don't know why, because I'm not really hiding anything. I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm in public view. I can't do anything anyway. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what, the, but I don't feel like I want anybody to know. I wouldn't want my father now at at fifty. I don't want him to know where I am at all times. I just don't need. I just feel like that's a huge invasion. Do you talk like? Are you open with your kids about sex, everything. drugs, everything? Everything. Well, my but, daughter's only ten, so not so much sex, but yes. Okay. But my son is seventeen, or he'll be seventeen next you month. Have honest conversation. Honest. Smokes pot. I know all about this stuff. I. It's the only way to have a good relationship with your kid is to be honest. With you me. just don't want him to know where you're at. No, he. Can, <laughs> I, I don't mind him. Like, like when we play uh, with our band, we play a gig. Yeah. I go. Hey, we're gonna be playing at this club, and by the beach is pretty cool. If you want to come down and hang out, like I don't, I don't, I want to hang out. No, not anymore. No, no, kids. Yeah, yeah. I remember going to an Aerosmith show once. A friend of mine works for Aerosmith, and he goes, "When you get here tonight, there's this kid, Tony. He's 13. He's a huge fan. Uh, Can I introduce him?" I said, "Of course." So he brings me backstage, and and he goes, "Hey, Tony." He goes, "This is Craig Gass." And the kid goes, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And he's a huge Howard Stern fan, and he goes, "Um, wh- what was uh, Hank the Hungry Drunken uh. Dwarf like?" And I go, "Oh man, let me tell you something. I'm telling him stories, and I'm looking at this kid, and I notice he's got this all access laminate. It's like a, it's like the ultimate like right. all access." And I'm talking to him, and I go, "How do you, how do you get one of those?" And he goes, "Oh, it's oh, my dad." And I go, "What does your dad do?" And he goes, "Oh my." 
my dad's Joe Perry. And I go, your dad is <laughs> Joe Perry? And you're talking to me about uh, Hank the Anger Director? Right, right. And he said, my dad doesn't wear shirts. If I was Joe Perry, I would never wear yeah. a shirt. And that is universal. Kids don't want to be around their parents. Their own I, oh, you, you see I, that, uh, that picture of uh, Slayer. And yeah. the singer Tom is, uh, they're taking a picture, they're on a red carpet, and he's like giving metal horns and doing a face. Yeah. And his uh, daughter's in the background, she's like 13, just rolling her eyes. Yeah. And you're like, your dad's the singer for Slayer. Dude, yeah. Next week when I, uh, when I get to Seattle, uh, Taylor Swift is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Duff McKagan, Eddie Vedder are going to the shows for their daughters. Yeah. And, uh, Do you need me to go as your security guy? <laughs> and, when they, and when they go, their kids are like, all right, dad, leave us alone. Yeah. That, that's it, that's it. Look, I ask every celebrity who we have here that I think is cool that has a kid. I go, how old when your kid started to think you were cool? My kid think I'm cool, but not because of this. Like, not because of the radio. They don't care at all about it. My daughter maybe a little bit now, but like, um, like Joey will care when I can get him to meet a, a celebrity. You know what I mean? Like, like Joey met Tom Brady, and I was cool for 24 hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that sort of thing. My daughter. I got her because she went to see Taylor Swift, and she becomes this huge Taylor Swift fan. And I have an autographed 8x10 that Taylor Swift's father gave me and a bunch of guitar picks of hers. So I've been sitting on them, and I was like, because she was little when when I got them, and I go, hey, do you want this stuff? And she goes, how did you get that? I go, Taylor Swift's dad gave it to me. And she was like, my dad knows Taylor Swift's dad. I was like, ah, you're cool for a second. But I got to tell you, I, I sat down with Taylor Swift's dad at a hockey game, and I, I didn't even care that there was a hockey game anymore. Talking to that guy about the the just being the father of somebody that's that popular, oh, yeah. having just had a daughter, it was so interesting. And he's such a nice guy. And uh, the respect that I have for her after watching this documentary that they have about her and just knowing about her early start in the country radio and knowing a lot of those people that in her life that were screwing her life up because I did country radio for a little bit. Yeah. It's just a very interesting whole story to me. But I'm, I'm the same way. I am endlessly curious yeah. about stuff, about life, about human behavior. I know no one is going to care about this. I'm a football fan, but my team is the Seahawks, okay? There was a guy who came to our organization named John Schneider. And when John Schneider came in, suddenly everything changed, and we had, for the first time ever, a team in contention. Right. And it was super exciting. I go to training camp every year and I film interviews with the players, but I'm never of the mindset of like, I want to be friends with any of these guys. Right. Cause I know that when we were kids, these are the guys who would have called me a homo. Right. When I, was <laughs> so I know that I know uh, yeah. that's who they are. So I'm not, I'm not trying to be friends with them. But one night I went out to dinner with a bunch of people from the Seahawks and they said, Oh, John Schneider's coming. And I go, John Schneider. And they go, yeah. And they go, Hey John, this is Craig Gass. He's a comedian. He, been on King of Queens and Family Guy, and he goes, "Oh no way, I love comedy." And, and he introduces me to his wife, and we all go out. We sit down for dinner, and I genuinely like to know how couples have met. Like, how'd you yeah. guys meet and fall in love? And he goes, "Oh well, we met. Uh, I was growing up. <laughs> I used to stalk her in school. She had she didn't want anything to do with me." And I go, "Really?" And she goes, "Yeah. Well, I was always dating somebody, and he was just." He was weird. He would always stare at me in the hallways. And then, <laughs> and then uh, he hit me up once and said, hey, do you want to go out? And I happened to be single. And I was like, all right. But I, I did it because I kind of felt bad for him. Right. He just seemed kind of sad. And then I liked him. And then we, we got along. And then she gets up to go to the bathroom and goes, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. We'll be back in a second. And then he turns to me and says, so we, we kind of fell in love in high school. After high school, I get a job with the Green Bay Packers. And I go, Re- okay, now when you go to Green Bay – 
are you a football fan? He goes, I love football. But I noticed in football that everybody values football players the wrong way. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. The way they value football players is they watch them on TV. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong way to watch them. Because that's, that's – I when I play football, I'm looking down the field. I'm not looking at football from the sidelines the way you watch a game. Right. And when you look at football looking down the field, it changes everybody's value. And I went, what? Uh, and then his wife came back and said, oh, my God, I have another funny story about John. I go, I don't care. <laughs> I go, shut up. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, I, go, yeah, I, go, yeah. I go, hold on. This guy's letting me in on the secrets of how he put together a Super Bowl team. I don't even care about this. Just stop. Stop. Uh, yeah. It was I just I'm endlessly fascinated by human behavior yeah which is I, why the people i do impressions of i'm i'm fascinated with them some of them are not nice to me but i i find them who cares you know i can i tell you about tracy morgan real quick is that um david wells just had his 60th <laughs> birthday party so that means 20 years ago when he had his 40th birthday party uh he had some people flying in from for the party so uh while he was working i went and picked this guy up from the airport who was the VIP security guy from the China Club in New York. So I pick up. I don't know the guy. I pick him up as a favor. I'm driving with him to Palm Harbor. And uh, we start talking. And I go, so are you in the, you're in the China Club? He goes, yeah, in the VIP. Unassuming guy. I think he was a former uh, NYPD. Skinny, long hair. And we're just BSing back and forth. And I go, so, like, is it just celebrities in there? He's like, mostly. He's like, sometimes really super rich people. He's like, but it's mostly celebrities that come just to try to get away from people. And I go, who's been the biggest jerk off there and he goes that nah. he goes they're not they're all pretty cool and they all tip pretty good he's like they all you know take care of me because i take care of them and i was like who's the craziest one and he goes oh without a doubt one stands out among everybody and i go who he goes david tracy morgan oh my god and i go keep in mind this is tracy morgan's second year on saturday live maybe and i go brian fellows and he <laughs> goes yeah and he goes <laughs> i go what he goes this guy every night will will be practically naked standing on a table, uh, doing shots, pouring, and he goes, I have to take him down every night. And I go, Tracy Morgan, Brian Fellows, that little quiet guy. That was before any, that was before anything with Tracy Morgan. I had no idea what he was like. Then a couple of months later, I have him in the studio. And he, we are also doing make your own homemade bikini with these girls. We're having a contest. (laughs) And they're all, and I'm on a country station at the time, and they're all like kind of fat, hot girls you know what i mean like hot girls but they all got a little chunk to them they're country girls yeah so we were the last studio down the hall and i hear tracy morgan come in and he is loud comes down the hall and he comes in the room just comes in the room plopped on you how you doing i go yeah good i go you ready to go live yeah so i hit the thing i go live i go hey tracy i go i heard you screaming from down the hall and somebody give you a hard time like i thought that was a problem no no let me ask you a question was there ever, ever, ever a better relationship, a closer bond than Hans and I knew Han Solo and Chewbacca? And I went, they were like brothers. He's like, they were like brothers. And I, I, I was, I felt like I had stepped into another world, and I walked right into it. And this, and now I'm trying to interview him. These girls are half naked, and he's like. Let me ask you a question. Can I lay under a glass table and you squat over that table? <laughs> These girls were horrified. 
It's him and like two other giant Perfect black dudes. Yeah, oh, dude, it grows. <laughs> it was like he would be all over you, Carmen. He would, be, you know, not uh, sexually, but just saying stuff to you. He was making me laugh harder than any, easily. Tracy Morgan and Bobby Lee were the two guests that I, I never thought would make me laugh as much as they did. One of the first times I ever met him, I introduced him to a guy from System of a Down. And I said, hey, this is Shavo. And he goes, yeah, I'm personal friends with Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> I used to live on Dagobah. I used to mess around with Yoda's cousin. I used to mess around with Yoda's cousin. One of the greatest entertainment business stories I've ever heard in my life. And I tell this story on stage. I've been opening with this um, at Side Splitters. The, uh, uh, and I know I told you this when it happened, so forgive me. It was a few years ago oh, when this happened. Funny. I'm getting ready to open for Dave Chappelle at Caroline's. This is 2001. Uh, Dave was doing like four or five Monday nights in a row where he would roll out clips from this new show called The Chappelle Show. Uh-huh. He's like, hey, I want you guys to check out this show. And then um, some guy came up to me, an agent said, did you hear about that party last weekend? Tracy Morgan had a party, turned into an orgy. And I was like, what? He's, he's describing this crazy orgy scene. Right at that moment, Tracy Morgan walks around the corner. And I go, Tracy! I heard your party was messed up, man. Mm-hmm. And Tracy rolled over and he just eyeballed me and he said... It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy, Craig. You know what's crazy about it? When you get off on my floor, you don't even hear nothing. <laughs> you don't hear nothing at all. <laughs> then you start walking towards my apartment, but you still don't hear nothing. Then you knock on my door, but you still don't hear nothing, right? And when I open the door, there's buttholes and toes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I've never heard the phrase before, I said, did you just say buttholes and toes? And he went, yeah, before he added some of them toes were in the buttholes. And he walked out of the room. It's the most amazing story I've ever heard in my life. And that, by the way, is the censored version of that story. Oh, Carmen, are we done already? Oh, we are. If you come to Side Splitters this weekend, you'll hear the uncensored version. Listen to me. Uh, Craig's got great stories. And I'm performing... With Bobby Slayton this weekend, side splitters. No, you, Bobby Julie, screwed it up. Oh. <laughs> no, it's Bobby Slayton. No, Bobby Slayton's going to be there. Shut up. Bobby Slayton, listen, I'm going to be there this weekend. Uh, I'll be coming out there telling jokes. Let me tell jokes about Mexicans and Jews and everybody. We're going to be out there, all right? You're going to have a mole. You're going to have a mole. You're going to have a mole. Or you can have a mole, okay? So come out this weekend. Come out to side splitters and have some fun. I want to thank everybody at Side Splitters. I want to thank everybody at the Courtyard by Marriott up in North Tampa. And thank Craig Gass for coming out this week. <laughs> that is pretty good, man. I don't think I've ever heard the Bobby Slayton before. God damn it. I never even got around to the stories. You didn't get the Pacino? You didn't get the Pacino? Hoo-ha. Let's just run through Give me the, give me, just say, hey, hey Al, your thing that you put on the internet about Al Pacino's baby yeah. was, I played that so many times, my wife told me to stop playing really? it. I swear to God, dude, I had it in the car and I just kept playing it over and over again, and she goes, stop. I stop. love the idea that he's 8,300 years old uh, and that he has a baby and that baby's out there going, boy, I got it. Uh, I just pooped my pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the dumbest premise in the world. Uh, uh, by the way, I don't know if you do an imitation of him or not, but when you did that whisper uh, that you were talking about just a little while ago, Alec Baldwin. Can, do you do Alec Baldwin or no? Yeah, because Alec Baldwin used to hang out with me and do like impressions for me all the time. Oh, really? Alec, dude, Alec Because I know he does like Tony Bennett. And... He does Tony Bennett. I've told you the story about uh, Alec Baldwin was almost gotten a fist fight with Al Pacino. I told you that story. Yes, and yeah, Alec would, Alec would come into my trailer every day and go, can I hear some more of your Al Pacino? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Al Pacino. The, so the greatest story is you 
I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave half of the story so that you can tell it on stage if you want to. Okay. But you convincing CNN to give you Anderson Cooper's cell phone number <laughs> as Al Pacino. Oh yeah. Yeah. So save it for the air. I ha- I have on tape prank calls to Donald Trump, to um, Sean Hannity. Uh huh. Uh, Anderson Cooper, Jay Leno, and I almost got Letterman on the phone. <laughs> I just, for one whole morning, I started calling everybody's Al Pacino, and everyone wanted to talk to Al Pacino. Come out to, to Al come out to Side Splitters this weekend. I'll tell you about it. By the way, I know we have to go, but a little bit of breaking news. They have a suspect in custody for the Long Island uh, serial killer who is oh. 11 different people, yeah. whatever, and it is a guy that looks like he... Would kill people? No. Oh. He's like a manager of a grocery store. Oh, really? He looks like a normal guy. Does yeah. he seem like a guy who doesn't turn on his tracker so his kids <laughs> won't know where he's at <laughs> on the weekends? 100%. Wouldn't that be crazy if he came right back to here? Go see uh, Craig Gass. He is going to be at Sidesplitters. Sidesplitterscomedy.com. You can go pick your tickets or 960-1197. To make your reservations. Great seeing you, buddy. Thank yeah. you. And again, I think we can summarize why do famous people have sex with ugly women? Mm-hmm. And let's help out the teachers. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That's what we've been trying to say this morning. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see you guys on Monday. Uh, if you want to go to Bare Knuckle Fighting Carmen, we have tickets left? Yes. Uh, call Carmen. Save me a pair, okay? It's happening tonight, Lakeland. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys. Bye. That's it. It's over. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to The Mike Caltas Show. 1025, The Bone, Wheel Raw Radio, WHPT, Sarasota, Tampa, St. Pete, and 1073 WXGLHD2, St. Pete, live from the WeatherTight Windows Studio.